Episode 65 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. Hope you're doing well. Glad you're here. We have a simple goal here on the podcast to provide you with some insight into the people, the places, the companies, organizations, and the issues that are important to and make up Wichita's business community. We just held our ICT Summit, a one-day event at Mark Arts that provided three panel discussions, a workshop, a message from a special speaker, and a mixer. And if you haven't been to Mark Arts, you need to get over there. Beautiful facility. One of the panels was about Wichita's tech community and what we can do to support and grow the industry and the companies in it. Well, that's what we'll focus on this week. I'll have excerpts from that tech panel and opinions from our four panelists. Our coverage of the summit is featured in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. We describe what was discussed by the panelists, what came out of the Greater Wichita Partnership Workshop, and we feature photos from the day. Coverage begins on page four. The biggest part of our weekly edition is taken up by our HR professionals. The awards handed out Thursday during a luncheon at the Hyatt. We feature all the award winners for 2018 and the first three members of the HR Professionals Hall of Fame. That begins on page 11. This week's list, Wichita's largest aviation subcontractors, that's on page 36. And we're doing what we can to help your sales efforts in our leads section. We list new building permits, new corporations, real estate transactions, who owes back taxes, new lawsuits. This week it starts on page 33. Back in a moment to talk more about Wichita's tech sector. Welcome to BizTalk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Our ICT Summit was held last Wednesday. About 200 people attended. We held three panel discussions, one on Wichita's brewers and their breweries, beer and coffee, one on defining Wichita, what's next, and the one we'll talk about today, Silicon Prairie, right here in Wichita. Our four panelists, Jason Taves of Alice Analytics, Lynn Miskell of NetApp, Sandeep Sathakal from ZipRecruiter, and Steve Castro-Miller of EFT Analytics. Our discussion went nearly an hour. I'm just picking out the most important points. Jason Tabes pointed out that it's never been more important for Wichita to understand how tech is touching our companies. All companies use computers, obviously, to a certain degree. Jason says we need to understand how it touches all our lives. And we talked about how tech is no different from other industries in Wichita. They all need good workers. First, from EFT Analytics... Steve Castro Miller. And it's certainly the case that we're looking for skilled workers, and there's a bit of a mythology around uh, Wichita, I've found, that they don't exist, or they're all already working in other roles. Uh, Log me in uh, the, uh, late last year, decided to close the Wichita office. And every single tech person had a job before their um, end date actually arrived. And so there are plenty of places and opportunities for skilled workers, I think, inside of Wichita. Jason Taves from Alice Analytics. Yeah, I would say it's probably currently in our ecosystem, it's more of an issue of recycling our talent. Um, they go from one place to another to another, which is interesting to me because one of the biggest struggles to bring new talent into town, which I think is probably where our priority should lie, is bringing new tech talent in, um, is they don't know well, if I lose my job at this company, where am I going next? 
You know, where's that job security within the ecosystem? And I believe it exists here in, in Wichita. I just don't know that the awareness is around it. Yeah, I would say that um, we do have a communication problem. We do have an ecosystem communication problem. We have many little tiny touch points, and I'm not suggesting that some monolithic thing is the answer, uh, but we do need to do a better job communicating. And I would just also say that um, we've hired at EFT, I don't know, a dozen people in the last year, and 25% of them are outsiders coming in, and many of them are rehoming, which I think is what's what we've called it, rehoming, where they're coming back, which I think is a great trend that I hope will continue across many other companies as well. Sandeep Sothakal from ZipRecruiter. Yeah, I also want to add that, you know, in general, the economy right now with jobs are doing great right across, right? So not just IT jobs or software related jobs right throughout. So talent obviously is going to be that much more in demand and tougher to find. So that's the other thing to keep in mind that, um, you know, when, when the economy is doing well, you're not just seeing it across this sector, it's across all sectors, and it's even more difficult when it comes to finding the right talent uh, in software, at least. Lynn Miskell, followed by Jason. Recently, I read, I mean, in terms of the, um, you know, the, the balance between jobs and, and workers, um, especially around tech and around um, computer jobs and engineering, um, the last, last statistic I read, I think, was between 2014 and 2024, there's a, expected to be like an increase of 12.5% um, in jobs. And so I think part of the challenge is not only filling our immediate needs and creating um, you know, the improvements in the ecosystem we have now, there's definitely continued, there's going to be continued need going forward. And I, I would almost want to echo that with data science and mathematicians. So like when I was going to school for mathematics, like the job opportunities were go work for the NSA, go work as an actuary for a big insurance company, or become a teacher. Like those are the three main pipelines. And I think now it's really incredible to see the world of data science exploding with artificial intelligence being kind of that driver. Um, but it's, it's rooted in mathematics. And I, I don't know that, you know, even students coming out of schools here in Wichita in mathematics understand, like, the easy crossover um, in, in a lot of ways. So I asked the panel, okay, what positions are in demand in the Wichita area? They said data analysts can write their own ticket. But they also need front-end people, back-end people people who formulate products, and those who help with customers. The biggest need, according to Jason, is company leaders, decision makers, who understand the full process of technology. So understanding what are your creative teams thinking about, your user interface, your user experience designers, what are your software engineers thinking about? And how does that go from that step to the next step to the next step to the next step? And Lynn can probably echo this. Like when we start talking about agile development, Scrum, a Kanban, what, whatever process you work with, um, having everybody on board and knowing what that looks like goes so far. I mean, it's even just that basic knowledge of how technology starts from, you know, scribbles on a whiteboard to uh, a fully um, deployed product in the consumer's hands. I think that's so important. Yeah, I might just add one thing. Um, if you're um, kind of in your 20s, 30s, not yet 40, there's a tremendous shortage in technology in just leaders who understand how to listen and get people together to work together. I haven't touched code in a long time. 
And it's not actually important that I do that to do my job effectively. It's really about listening to people, understanding what customers want, and helping them. So if you're not from a technology or mathematical background, there is a tremendous need for people in leadership roles that help tech companies or people in or tech organizations inside of other companies to be successful. Taking it a step further, I asked what kind of a salary range can people expect for these positions, maybe fifty to $70,000 to begin. A little more experience, $90,000 and into six figures. Sandy works in Wichita for ZipRecruiter, but he works remotely. The company is based in L.A. He says remote workers like him and digital nomads who can work anywhere there's an Internet connection, they're making good money, too. So what's holding Wichita back? Interesting responses from the panel. They included high airfares and Wichita's self-image. Sandeep says there may also be built-in tech industry advantages for Wichita. Uh, It could be ag tech. um, I don't know, anything related to agriculture. I'm not involved in that field, but I assume you have access, you know, access to farmers, access to all that kind of stuff to understand that industry better. Um, could be the drone market, I don't know. Um, you have the suppliers locally. Um, maybe you, you can build something with it, right? I mean, so th- these are all new industries that you can tap into, uh, construction, manufacturing, whatever it is. Um, I, think, I think there's an opportunity if you really believe that, okay, these are the areas, trying not to compare with anything else that's out there, trying to say that, hey, there's no, you know, the, uh, there are no VCs here, there's no funding, there are no uh, you know, guidance, there are no mentors. There's a lot of it if you look for it and if you're building the right product. You know, who in the right mind will not finance your company if you are uh, profitable and growing at a quick rate? You know, I would, even if I don't have money, I will find, find money to put money into your business. So you know, that should not be a limiting factor. Uh, Yeah, I think that, I mean, kind of building on that point, I think that is one of the things that came out of the Chung report was the venture capital. Um, So that may be one thing that that we could have more of that would would spur on a a greater, faster tech industry. Um, Also, kind of to build on Jason's point, I think also bringing... Bringing talent into Wichita, I think, is an important thing, and, and it would it's it would behoove us, I guess, to to determine what's the best way to do that. And having travel into Wichita, you know, making that easier and better introduces just more people to the city, and um, you know, again, provides the opportunity for more people to build to to move here as an experience. We, at NetApp, we do have a harder time, I think, hiring for experience positions than we do for new college grad positions. Um, I think, too, there's also a mindset. Like, if we go back to this VC money conversation, um, I've been in a lot of other cities where kind of the expectation, the mindset as, as a baseline is that the largest company in that city 10 years from now doesn't exist today. So if you're VC and you're looking at opportunities, you're trying to find that one company who's gonna be bigger than all the other companies in that city in 10 years, and you're betting as much money as you can on it. And so I don't know that we have that mindset here. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure that I've talked to enough people to know one way or another, um, but, but it feels like, I mean, it, from a startup side of this ecosystem, it feels like almost an impossible thought 
to be bigger than NetApp, to be bigger than Coke in 10 years. And so how do we start to change that story so that we realize it could be possible, right? And not that that's us or any other startup that's around today, but what if we believed that 10 years from now, the biggest company in Wichita, the major employer here, didn't even exist right now? Well, again, yeah, to your point, if you look at Facebook, you look at Google, you look at the, the, the big tech companies today, they grew very fast, so. Yeah, I'd say though, um, um, we should be careful about thinking that we're gonna get a bunch of unicorns started, because I don't think that's actually the most healthy thing for the city. We need this rich ecosystem of startups, mid-size, large companies, and yes, we'd love to see rocket hockey stick success, but it doesn't have to be that. You can be very successful at less than a hockey stick rate, and that's the kind of community that I think that creates the tech foundation that allows all sorts of things to happen. There's lots of people in Wichita who were in tech startups that failed, that went on to do great things. And I would also say, let's be careful about the venture capital uh, thing. Before a venture capitalist gives you a dime, you already have formulated a great idea. And there are great ideas sitting around these tables that turn into a little proof of concept and a business plan, and that has to happen first. And once you have great ideas, I think there is a big overhang of capital in this country looking to invest. I don't think you're gonna have trouble finding money. You might not find it in Wichita, it might not come from the pockets of people that live here, but that's okay, you can find it. Now, I asked them if the SNT media company failure hurt Wichita. Not really, they said. Most workers got new jobs, and they say Wichita should expect failures occasionally. That's how we learn and go on to bigger and better things. Steve says the only ones hurt were the uninformed investors who lost money. And that's okay. Another tech gathering resulted in participants saying the time for talk is over, time for action. I asked our panel what action and who takes it. I'd say we shouldn't wait on um, the city. We shouldn't wait on the government to provide the solution. I'm not anti-government, but the power of the individuals and the power of the private sector greatly outweighs what, um, what our city can do. And so I think it's the people in this room and the people that you have access to uh, that can help make a difference. I think that's right, that the time for a talk is over, but I think that the trends are already very well uh, established and, and looking good. Yeah, I would, I would say that there there are actions taking place. I mean, I've seen everything from, I mean, there's a lot more um, community-related tech uh, groups now than there ever were, um, you know, even 10 years ago. Uh, there's a, a brand new, I think, meetup for Java developers, um, Java users group. And um, again, there's a lot of community related things um, for people to get involved in tech, I guess. And there's a lot of resources um, available, whether it's open source or things where if people want to get involved and learn about tech or get involved in the tech industry, again, there's more and more companies and more and more educational opportunities available. So I think actions are taking place. Yeah, I mean, for me, all the other stuff that the city does, uh, echoing what Steve said, I mean, they're adding fuel to the fire. They're not the ones starting the fire, right? They help it grow faster, you know, all the community members, they're doing a great job, but they're not the ones coming up and starting the fire. Starting the fire is up to us uh, to really work at it, to figure out, okay, if, if you're an entrepreneur, go, 
you know, go try it out. Don't, don't stop and say, I don't know how to code. I don't know, you know, I need a software engineer. I don't know how to build that. There, there, there is a community. I mean, uh, there's something called DevICT, which is more than 800 members in it um, of software engineers and just random, you know, people who are interested in uh, software. Come in there, like, you know, introduce yourself. Uh, people try to be friendly, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the whole thing is, the, you know. are software engineers, guys. So I would say, you know, don't let that stop you. Uh, there is a community, but again, don't don't think that, I, you know, I don't know how to code. I don't know. I don't know anybody who can help me with this. I have no cap. I have no access to capital. How do I do this? Or I'm in the middle of the country. Like you know, I'm, I can't fly out to the West Coast meet people. All that shouldn't be a reason to stop you. There's a bunch of people with experience. <laughs> Personally, every single person I've reached out to when I first moved here, even now, all of them were so willing with their time and they get to know you. And that's one thing that I actually love about the city is uh, when I was in LA, I, w I would meet interesting folks, but I would never meet them again because it would take me three hours to get anywhere. Uh, and I would meet them after a year. Now I've formed, I feel I've formed closer relationships because you, know, you get to know people better, you meet them over and over again. Um, so yeah, I would say just take the bull by the horns. Yeah, and I, I think as long as we continue to talk about like what we're working on, if it's a side hustle for an uh, entrepreneur within a company or if we're an entrepreneur just out of school and working on something, I think it's really important to continue the communication. Um, sharing what you're doing with as many people as you can and, and asking for time, that, that coffee conversation. You know, if, if we all become obsessed with the problems that we're passionate about within this community and try and figure out new and creative ways to fix them, we're going to continue to move uh, our community in the right direction forward. Because some of us are going to hit roadblocks that we can then share with the next person who's passionate about that same problem. And so I, I, I think that that's some of the things that uh, we've learned as we've done the shift conferences, um, it was Disrupt ICT now, shift conferences, which we're obsessed with trying to bring the big corporate companies, the entrepreneurs and those mid-sized businesses together around some of these innovative and disruptive technologies to continue that conversation, to build the communication so that you can build relationships that you wouldn't normally get if you siloed yourself off. So I think continuing that community within the tech space is very, very important. And it's not something that we naturally gravitate to. An audience member asked if our local schools were turning out good workers. The panel agreed, yes, but they need more of them. There also has to be a sense of urgency in education. If there's a new advancement, the schools need to teach that immediately because another is going to be coming along very soon. How do we get teens interested? Well, we have to focus on the creative side, not on the consuming side. They can play games or use 3D printers, but then lead them to ask what's inside and how they work. Great panel. Our thanks to all who participated. Next week, you'll hear from our panelists of Brewers. They're working hard to keep their super fans happy. Back after this. Most bankers are good at banking talk. What you need is a banker who knows how to talk business. Your business, that is. I'm Andrew Cheney, commercial lender here at Equity Bank. If you've got plans to grow, we're ready to talk about your business. Visit equitybank.com. 
Well, that's it for BizTalk with Bill Roy this week, episode 65. Check out all the episodes at our BizTalk with Bill Roy hub. It is easily located at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. We appreciate it. BizTalk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter, and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.